right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Now we can say where Pat went to vacation time. It was Jamaica. I'll already tell you where I'm going on vacation next week time because I'm not a weirdo time. Ryan trying to sit there and organize another vacation time because that's what Ryan is all about time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan coming to you from Fort Rucker's sunroom still. Good news though, guys. Before we get into some stuff that's important to discuss here, I don't want to call this breaking news yet, but I think in approximately two to three weeks, we will finally be back in the studio. You are fake news. This is where Patrick says water is wet. We've heard this how many times? Well, this time we actually got some things settled. I'll I'll believe we're back in the studio when we're back in the studio. First off, I will say that none of this delay in getting this done has been my fault. 100% on the record. Going to drop that right there. Nothing is ever your fault, Les. No, plenty of things are my fault. That's just not one of them. Pat, before we go talk about some things, how was how was the old uh, how was the old vacation? Did you go to uh, go to Jamaica? Did you uh, see Usain Bolt? Did you? We saw his high school, actually. Believe did... it or not, yes. Between the airport and the uh, resort where uh, my wife and I were staying, we did see uh, Usain Bolt's high school, which is named William Nib High School, which. Um, I think it's William Nib, but anyways, Nib High School makes it. If you remember the movie Billy Madison, yes, uh, that was the high school where that movie, uh, the fictional high school where that took place. It's not the same high school, for the record. I did not know that. Nib High Football Rules. Um, did it so? Did a tour guide tell you that, or did you just remember well, it off the top? <coughs> well, of your no, head? we had a we had a driver who took us from the airport to. Uh, it was about a 35, 40, 45 minute drive between the airport and yeah. where we were staying, and uh, it's just like right there along the two lane road that kind of runs along. Uh, the coast of the northwestern ish corner of of the island. Did you bobsled? We did not bobsled. They do have a, a Jamaican bobsled themed restaurant in the airport, though. That's fantastic. We did not go. I just saw it. That's fantastic. No, I don't, not I don't, called I don't, Cool Runnings, though. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's vacation time. If you'll allow me to segue. Apparently, Tennessee got all of the commitments while I was gone. So. Yeah, that's true. There are plenty of them. You brought them good news, right? And we're going to spin this the other way? Well, you leaving? If, if I come back and they they already didn't get Kerry Blackshear on the basketball front, and if they don't get Haynes King, then people are going to start pointing the fingers and right, getting the pitch uh, the, the pitchforks and the uh, torches ready to run me back on vacation, which yeah. if they want to pay for it, then I'll go wherever they want me to. You know how this is, how this is set up right here is how this is set up. You're going to go – to Jamaica for a week, and then a whole bunch of good news is going to happen. Well, that's what happened, yeah. And then I'm going to go to Barbados next week, and then while that's happening, basically Knoxville will burn. Come say hey to Bar- Wes in Barbados. Yeah. If, if He'll you, sign autographs. Yeah, if you, if, you know what? If you care about the Go Boss 24-7 podcast and, and Go Boss 24-7 and 24-7 sports enough to come down to Barbados while I'm there, mm-hmm. and you want to pay for that plane ticket, and you want to go down there, you deserve a handshake. You know, you say that, but... I saw somebody while we were on our honeymoon, also in Jamaica, wearing a Tennessee hat at our resort. No, so, I saw we we saw somebody wearing a Tennessee shirt one day. Yeah, um, Tennessee fans are everywhere. Is what I've learned. There so. are a lot of them, which is why people like this podcast. Yep. I guess. So we got plenty to discuss. We are gonna uh, 
quick story here. There's not much going on with the team this week. I know they're they're having workouts. Everything's going on pretty. Everybody looks pretty amazing running around yeah. in shorts. Everybody looks so great. The catapult. I've heard, I've heard this is probably the best offseason of all time. You know, the, the new strength coach. Uh, actually, it's not. It's the same all strength coach. So so basically, <laughs> they don't have like the new strength coach storyline we don't have this year. All the, all the newcomers look really good. They're all going to yeah. be, they're all going to live up to their. Uh, they, might, they might be playing. They might be playing early, you know? They look like everybody some, came in some in shape. studs. Like some of these three stars, maybe should have been rated higher. That's what I what I keep hearing. That's the uh, the story of every offseason. Are you reading our message board? Is that where you're getting that info? Uh, I, when do I not read our message board? Jeez, uh, here we go. <laughs> no, it's our message board. I always read. Sometimes it's the direct messages. I forget to to the private messages. I forget to read. But we got plenty to discuss on the football recruiting topic. That will be one of the main things we get to on this podcast. But before we do that, let's get to some uh, bad news. Um, uh, I guess bad news for that Tennessee. I brought. My fault. Sorry, guys. Yeah, the uh, there's going to be a bunch of really good football recruit news to talk about, um, but we'll get this out of the way first. Uh, there is some not so great basketball news to discuss. Uh, Kerry Blackshear Jr., who was unequivocally, I think, the best transfer on the market this season. Uh, for the longest time, it was uh, is, is he going to go to Kentucky? Is he going to go to Tennessee? Then wait, wait, maybe he goes to Virginia Tech. He stays home. No, he's probably going to go to Tennessee. Actually. A WWE storyline change at the last minute. He shocks everyone and goes to his native Florida. He will be in the SEC, yeah, but it will not be Kentucky or Tennessee. Kerry Blackshear Jr. is going to play for the Florida Gators of uh, Mike White. So, Which has to make Vols fans just really happy to know yeah. that not only is he not going to Tennessee, but he's playing against you at least once a year. Is yeah. it twice next year? Uh, I think just once, but I'm not yeah. positive. But regardless, he will be booed without mercy when they come to uh, Knoxville that game's here this, this season that yeah. game because it because it was down there last year I believe yeah because yeah, yeah. the chomping incident mm-hmm. so yeah that'll be interesting although that did change some things interestingly that um that that now there's a new bracketology that came out uh, as of we're recording this on Thursday early afternoon late morning and uh, there was a new bracketology put out today thanks to Pat who gave us a heads up on that and uh, Tennessee an eight seed. Uh, right now in the, I, in the I don't know what Tennessee was in the previous one um, actually I think I can look that up that's a cool thing on the internet you can look stuff up that was there um, here uh, yeah well, well, just disappear. he uh, he had them as a six yep back in middle uh, back in the middle of May um, and this probably they're probably he might have been taking NBA draft affections and probably yeah and, and at that point everyone knew that Jordan Bone would be gone and Grant Williams would be gone but maybe it wasn't like they're officially gone yeah, and, um, and and here's what this. Oh, go ahead. I think that I think this was before the actual deadline, but he uh, he had Tennessee as a six and Florida as a seven, um, and so um, in this update, he has Florida as a three and Tennessee as an eight. Yeah, <clears> that that that's the difference, and it, it, it's a big difference. He, he, I don't know. If, I don't know how much of a direct uh, reflection of the Blackshear decision that is. But it is worth noting. Well, here's I'm not going to run away from this now because Blackshear didn't go to Tennessee. I said going uh, into it what I thought the difference would be in if he did and did not go to Tennessee. Here's here's the deal, guys. Uh, I said all along that Tennessee had a chance if Blackshear committed and he could kind of fill not exactly the same kind of player but kind of put up the same similar production as Grant Williams, at least something in the ballpark. That would allow them – to patch the one year, and then you know they have a good backcourt. You know they have a really good backcourt. I mean, one of the better ones. You could argue that people aren't talking about this enough, but Tennessee could have one of the sneaky good 
backcourts in all of college basketball with Turner, Bowden, and um, Josiah Jordan-James, and then a guy who, Jalen Johnson, who I think still just the sky's the limit for if he puts it together. Uh, that that right there is a pretty good foursome there in the backcourt, and they got some other guys who can play a little bit there too. But adding a big guy like Blackshear to step in there, that, that would solidify them in my mind, as a, another borderline top 10 team right there, just competing again because they, you know what they've got otherwise, and you know they're bringing in a guy who produces 15 and 7 or whatever a night, and that makes them not maybe exactly what they were because then you still got Schofield and Kyle Alexander and all these guys to replace. Yeah. But I thought Blackshear was some sort of an amalgamation of Williams and Alexander anyway. And so you have you have a guy like Kent who's stepping into the mix now. You know, you've got DJ Burns who's going to be in the mix, a guy who I like a lot. So that would have made Tennessee almost what it was last season, in my opinion. Without him, that changes things. I think now this is still a top 25 basketball team. I A lot of people will be surprised about that. I still believe this is a top 25 basketball team because I have covered college basketball long enough to know that I have seen teams – with much worse backcourts than Tennessee's win lots of games. So I think right now, if you say you get Turner and Bowden and James in your backcourt right now, that's still better than a lot of Tennessee teams from the past, you know, decade or so right there. Because I but but this changes things because now it puts the front court squarely in the crosshairs of if those guys are ready to compete, this team's okay. If they're not, this team struggles. Because you know what you're going to get out of the backcourt, right? But you don't know what you're going to get from the other places now. I, yeah, I personally don't see it as a top 25 team, but that's because I, I think Jordan Bone is the one people Wet are... Wet blanket Callahan. I just, I just think Jordan Bone is the one people are going to miss more than they realize just because of how much he did and how far he came this past season. I, I think he's, yeah. he's so good that Turner, Turner's inconsistencies that I know have driven, driven people nuts at times will... If if they if there's still an issue, like they'll be more glaring now because you don't have bone to sort of absorb the Patch ball handling over. and everything yeah. you need. So I I think that's a big deal. And like you said, the front court's a big question mark. So I they can be a top twenty five team if sure. if all th- things fall their way. Yeah, if, I don't think it would shock anyone. Yeah. If Josiah, I mean, what's the official name now? Josiah James Jordan. James Josiah, Jordan. Josiah, Josiah Jordan James. Jordan James. If, see, we already messed it up. Yeah. See, I I've gotten it twisted. We need to stay times. in our lanes. If or he needs to not hyphenate his first name. Yeah, but that's okay. I'm gonna don't think we're not gonna talk to that that kid about that. It's gonna it's gonna happen. But if if Josiah Jordan James does live up to the hype as a true freshman, then yes, I think they do have the potential to be a top twenty five team. Oops. I just is that asking too much of him? And can Lamonte Turner give you eighty percent of what Jordan Bone gave you? Hopefully, he uh, is good enough to where everyone just calls him Josiah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think um, you'll get a lot of that, Josiahino. I, no, I, I think I, I tend to lean more with what Ryan's saying. I think top oh, twenty-five no. is. I know. I, well, I have to pick between you and Wes, so it's kind of. I mean, mm, true. Should be the easiest decision of your life. <laughs> it was. Uh, it sounds not. like. Yeah, it does. Um, just not the I, way I, I wanted I, it to go. I think. I think top twenty-five is maybe a little optimistic, but I don't think it. You know, I think the pessimistic view is, oh, they're, they're not going to be an NCAA tournament team. I, th- I, I think they're a bubble think, team. I still think they could be a bubble type team. I think an eight seed, seven eight. Uh, maybe that seven to ten range could be uh, where they go. There's just uh, it's a little bit like the, the football team. There's there's some wild cards there. You wonder how good he uh, Josiah is going to be. Um, can Jordan Bowden? Can Lamonte Turner? Can they kind of have one of those like leap years like Jordan like Jordan Bone did, um, where he really stepped it up and, and took his game to another level? And um, with with you know if you've got a guard heavy team, you know you can get hot in, in March and and go from from being a 
a seven, eight, nine kind of seed and, and making it longer than, uh, than, than, you know, than you're expected to. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen this before with Tennessee, you know, they had their, uh, you know, the team that won like what, 30 something games won the sec, you know, they didn't make it as far in the tournament as the team that, that a few years later had a bunch of drama off the field, lost Tyler Smith, uh, had all that going on and they were, you know, they were what a six seed, I think, you know, you sounds right. You, you you know you never know once you get into March and I think that's you know that's what's kind of a I don't want to say an equalizer when come when it comes to basketball but um, you know you can go twenty two and twelve during the regular season and if you get hot in March you could you know have a more memorable season than um, than maybe you expected so uh, yeah there's a lot of question marks they need to figure out what's going to happen with uh, Uros Plavsic I was I just like about to say his name. I just wanted to say his name because because uh, Tom Sakoviak did such a great job of, yes Uros Urosh Plavsic. Is it Plavsic um, or Plavsic? I, uh, I, I say him in the same voice that I say Nikola Jokic. Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, who plays for the Nuggets? Uh, great NBA player. Um, and if Plavsic is t- 10% of that, he's a really good player. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, I think Grant should have a story on the site soon about uh, what, what Rick Barnes said about that waiver situation uh, with him. Uh, but he's a guy that, that could be, is is very much a wild card. So is just uh, Josiah. Um <laughs> Uh, again, I'm just going to call yeah, him Josiah that's right here until, but until you he got, goes to the NBA. But, but I agree. You've got to get Plavsic cleared now because he's such a big wild card. Maybe he could be J3, JJJ. And I think Plavsic is a big piece of the puzzle because I think he kind of fits. He, he's a big man that can fit into. Runs a, very well for a seven-foot one guy. That can fit into a guard-oriented lineup, a three-guard lineup where you're going to have um, you know, Turner, Bowden, and, and Josiah. And then DJ Burns or Folky at the four. And yeah, I mean, you, you, you just, you know, they're going to have to. And that's what's going to be interesting about the job that, that Rick Barnes does with this team because he's going to have to sort of change the identity. He's got to find the identity and, and sort of reestablish it because, you know, for the past two seasons, it's been so much on uh, Grant Williams and, and Admiral Schofield. And, and I was gone while they got drafted. So congratulations to those guys. Yeah. Going to make some money. Um, good organizations, I think, for the most part. Where did, uh, where did Jordan Bone it up? Detroit. Pistons. That's not the greatest organization, but it does. It, gets, it draft, used to be. Then traded, then traded. Well, I, I think it's probably a good sign for him that he got traded multiple times because I think it's an indication that different teams wanted him. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and Wes, I know you were, you were voicing your frustrations about the NBA. I do think it's dumb that they uh, have like. Um, they have to wear the hat of the team who didn't actually really. Yeah, I, I do think that. Who who was the fourth pick? Uh, was it Hunter? Yeah. He's wearing a Lakers hat, and he's never going to play for the Lakers. Correct. I, I think that's dumb. But the second half of the second round of the NBA draft is it's like it defies like explanation. Like it's sort of a it's because there's it's random, like a wild wild west because there's, like there's random players. Yeah, because there's random players out there that other teams really like, and if they're like, oh, if he's still out there, I'm going to make some trades and get. Yeah, him. they'll they'll trade. You know, they'll just like basically buy picks from other teams, and guys will get traded multiple times. You'll get guys drafted from Lithuania that'll never sniff the NBA, but hey, we have his rights for three years or whatever. Um, and so it's just, it's sort of a well, here, wasteland before, before I wrap up the positive on why I think Tennessee could still be okay next season. I want to ask you quickly, since you were gone last week, uh, the, uh, for the fits right now, you got, you got Grant Williams going to the Celtics who, by the way, other than that draft, and maybe even to hear some people say, including the draft had a really, really bad week, just a lot of bad news that they well, had to deal with uh, changed all that. But then him and then Schofield with the wizards and then bone with the Pistons with what you know about those situations right now you know what, what <laughs> um, how, how do you think the do you, do you think that that Schofield and Bone are guys who could make the roster are they going to be two-way guys uh I think Grant Williams can make the I think Grant Williams will will be a piece there um supposedly the Celtics are leading the race to get Kimball Walker 
Yeah. So that'll alleviate despite some of drafting the guys. two point guards, which um, go figure. <clears throat> they drafted two point guards and now they're going to sign him to it's like but I, I think that's a good situation for him because he's playing for um brad stevens who's a really good coach, Great coach. um i could uh i don't know washington's uh roster that well uh, i feel like they've had a glut of wing kind of players like yes um in the past they traded kelly Oubre last year uh, i think trevor reese is there he might not be yeah he's still um, there and so he, he could be a two-way guy. Uh, I'm not sure who the backup point guard is for the Pistons. I think their main point guard is Reggie Jackson. Correct, he is. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. They could be two-way guys. I think that's a possibility. And, you know, if they need time to sort of adjust, that's not the worst thing in the world. We've seen guys that have, have needed time. But, um, yeah, they'll, they'll have a chance. They'll have a chance in Summer League, which I don't think is too far away from starting. Yeah, and so. Grant Williams is wearing number 40 for Summer League because, again, if you're the Celtics – uh, if you want to play ball for the Celtics, one thing you have to realize is that you're pretty much any number you want to wear, you can't wear. It's kind of like being a Yankee. Not all the good numbers are already retired. So he'll be wearing 40 for the summer league, and then he'll see what's available for the and, season. And back to the to the current team, we do have some sort of breaking news following up on what Patrick mentioned on the on the Urosh Plavsic front. Urosh um, Plavsic. Rick Barnes did speak Thursday on the SEC Basketball Coaches Summer Teleconference and said uh, that this is what this was Barnes's comment on his. Plavsic's availability for this season. I know stuff came out Wednesday on tightening up the rules, referring to the waivers for transfers yeah. that the NCAA is trying to move towards some sort of more uniform Which, of course, is going to come out right when Tennessee's trying to get three big transfers but, in two different sports. But I don't know how quickly that would go into effect, so True. that's one thing to keep an eye on. But he said, uh, Barnes said, quote, but if there is anybody that has ever deserved to have an appeal to play, it's him. Once they review it, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get to play. So... Yeah, Rick Barnes pretty optimistic there on Plavich's chances. Because he, he went to high, you know, he came from a, a different country, finished his high school in Chattanooga, uh, and then there was a guy who he went to, who used to be a Tennessee graduate assistant, who he basically, one of the biggest reasons he went to Arizona State was because that guy was on staff there. And then that guy let, got let go at Arizona State, so now he's a guy who's 3,000 miles away from his adopted home and, you know, wants to – there's a lot of stuff in play there, and I think that, that once – if they look at everything, I think he has a pretty good case. Um, but the reason – before we go to, to commercial here is, is the reason that I think Tennessee will still be – I still think toward the end of the top 25, but I still think a ranked basketball team potentially, and here's why I'm saying that. Uh, I think everyone – knows that I've already said several times I still like Tennessee's backcourt a lot. Um, and the thing I really like about that is that I have been a huge believer in Lamonte Turner since the year he redshirted at Tennessee. I think he is a drastically underrated basketball player. I think you saw, um, you've seen at times what his ceiling can be, how dangerous he can be. <clears throat> you've also seen when he's not playing well. But when you think of last year, he was never even close to 100% all season, needed surgery again. He's had, I think, two or three shoulder surgeries just the past few years at Tennessee. He's also had some leg injuries, and he's overcome all that. And I think that puts what he did last season into a different light. I think it shows you how tough he is because he needed that surgery, and everyone kind of knew he needed to get some stuff cleaned up. And he still was out there playing every second that he could, out there making plays, out there doing some good stuff. And what he did against Carson Edwards, when you look at how everyone else did in the tournament, was really not bad. Um, that that was uh, that was admirable the way that he tried to defend him and tried to get up in his face, and it was criminal the way it ended the way it did. But uh, that happens. The basketball gods do that to you sometimes. But here's what I like about this: as much as Lamonte Turner has changed his game to try to be more of a pure kind of point guard, you know, kind of be a defense guy, 
Don't just take every good shot that you think is a good shot. If you take the handbrake off of Lamonte Turner and you just say, I need you to score like 18, 19 plus per game. Can you do that? He'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I can do that. And I think for this team right now, he'll have to do that because Bowden's going to have to do it. Um, and we'll see if he can consistently be a scorer. We've seen him do it in patches. Will he do it as a consistent guy? We don't know. But I, I think if Lamonte Turner's even reasonably healthy and you say, you know what, guy, this is your team. And in fact, occasionally we're going to play you off the ball and we're going to let Josiah or Bowden run the point and you're going to go out there and just try to score. He'll be like, oh, great. That sounds awesome. Can I do that, please? And I think he can do that. And I think he can score on just about anybody. So I, I think that's... But yeah, but I think uh, losing Blackshear is definitely a blow. Though. Oh, 100%. I, I think he, he 100%. was definitely a, a kind of plug-and-play kind of guy for a lot of the front court production you're, you're losing. And so now you're going to be counting on guys that uh, are either unproven and they could turn out to be really good. That's the thing. That's the thing with unproven guys. Yeah, is burn, they burns could surprise upside. you. Burns upside is really high. Uh, they could surprise you, but you also may be relying on guys for too much too soon. And you, if you're playing certain guys 30 minutes a night when they're not ready for it, that could be, you know, a tough situation. And, and, uh, you know, that, apparently this was a saga again, I was gone. So I, I didn't get to follow the ups and downs and it's looked like at one point Florida was out of it and then yep. they weren't. And yep. then, uh, I think Grant was the first to report that Tennessee was was told that it was not you know, it was not going to be them <clears throat> um, on what was it Wednesday night. So uh, first of all, good job, Grant. Um, and yeah, I, it's it's odd if you had the choice to you know to play for Rick Barnes or Mike White. I think my my choice would be pretty obvious. Maybe he just wanted to go home. Um, but yeah, then you you know, but Florida's got a decent roster coming back. I think, uh, or maybe Tennessee didn't have the spot it thought it had. I don't I don't know I don't know. It's a lot of things could happen there. Um, but I, you know, Florida I think has a pretty good situation on its roster too maybe even better than, than yeah Tennessee's. Nimhard, Nimhard came back um, that's that's I mean forgot with one year you'd think the roster's got to play yeah, into it uh, but you know you could say make the you know make the case that Tennessee had a lot of production in the front court coming back plus a, a, a potential impact five-star kind of guy uh Florida does too I think his name's Scotty Lewis I think mm-hmm. um, really good so player similar situations and you know I don't know if Blackshear has really discussed his decision yet but he's from Orlando um, I mean it seemed, I don't know if I had to pick between, if that was my two options, I think I would probably pick Tennessee. But. Because I think you have, a, at Tennessee, you have what you know is a really good backcourt, and you know you can get all the minutes you want in the front court if just by showing up. Well, so Mike that, White, that, Mike that, White that makes did, it a good... You know, Mike White did go to the Elite Eight at one year, so... Yeah, and he's a good basketball coach, but I'll, I'll leave that there, basically. But I will say that I, I don't think this rules things out, although this does... Uh, make things more complicated for Tennessee going into a year where we all know Rick Barnes needs to have a, a you know pretty good year because you know how quickly fans can turn in that whole saga and and hey I mean that 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 is what it is now and and that's that's a big deal but let's not forget DJ Burns also was a top 100 player until he reclassified to come to school a year early so there is uh, some 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 news there that that could be good because I think he can play I think Kent's got some offensive skill. And I think once Rick Barnes got the thing going at Texas, they only really had like one kind of bad year after that. So I don't think they'll have a bad year. I just now, if you're looking for competing for championships, I don't know if I see that happening now. But of course, we said that two years ago too. A lot of people did, and and look what happened, uh, guys. Good news. Um, do we still like products? Yes. Uh, do we? We both. We all like yeah. products. Do we like services? Doesn't sound like Ryan likes products and services yeah, very I mean, much. I'm okay with them. Yeah, I mean, I mean we all gotta have them. Do you, Do you like having money in your wallet? Yeah. Well, that's good. And if you're out there, you like products, you like services. Do you like hearing about other good podcasts on the CBS uh, family of podcasts? Do you like being like, 
man, there's a really cool like golf podcast or a really cool like national college football podcast or hey, MMA, there's a cool MMA. Do you like hearing those kinds of things? I do, yes. Yeah. Then I got good news for both y'all. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Good break, guys. Good break. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Get, get a good stretch in. Got to make some phone calls. Got to uh, pay yeah. some bills. Got to got to get some things off the, the to-do list, the honey-do list. Uh, guys, here's the main point today. Uh, we, we got the basketball stuff that we needed to discuss first. Now we're going to talk about football recruiting because that has been pretty much universally good news, I, I think, for the past week. It's been scorching while I was gone. Now we'll throw out one caveat at the beginning here, um, and Ryan will mention this in a little bit, but we're having a really good like recruiting news podcast here. But the fact is we're recording this Thursday morning. It's going to come out Friday morning. There could be major news that happens in between now and then. There could, that, yeah. That could maybe make things not as good. We'll see. But, Ryan, let's get that out of the way first, and then we'll talk about all the good news. Yeah, so Haynes King is obviously the big uh, the big name everyone's been tracking this week. He's the, the in 24-7 sports rankings, the top 50 prospect nationally, four-star quarterback from Longview, Texas. And, and he's been on official visits to four different schools over the past month, uh, starting with Texas A&M the weekend of May 31st. He went to Tennessee after that then Auburn, and then Duke. And the thought for the past few weeks has been that this would most likely come down to Tennessee and, and Texas A&M. Texas A&M, it's a little bit different from with a, a lot of kids from Texas because Texas A&M offered a little bit late. They, they came into the race this spring. Tennessee, on the other hand, has been in this one since literally, I believe it was the day that Jim Chaney was hired at Tennessee, they they offered him. So uh, back in January, they they jumped in pretty early and Got him on campus in March unofficially, and then he came back on his official visit the weekend of, of June 7th. So Tennessee's done a really good job with him for a long time, and even with Harrison Bailey, the other four-star quarterback committed to Tennessee, he's continued to look at them really heavily, and this, is, this looks like it's coming down to Tennessee and Texas A&M. His goal for the past few weeks has been, if possible, he wants to make a decision before he goes to the Elite 11 Finals, which began on Friday. So... At the time you hear this podcast, it's very possible we may know a decision from Haynes King already, um, but he's been pretty torn this week. I think his goal originally was maybe to decide by Wednesday. That didn't happen. So the fact that this has been pushed back a little bit, the fact that he's obviously had some some difficulty deciding, uh, it, it's at least possible that he could decide to wait a little bit longer. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that he wants to do that because I don't think he's a he's not a big attention guy. I don't, I don't think he wants to go to the Elite 11 Finals and be discussing this with all the media there for a couple of days and 
you know, having all this attention on him. I think he'd like to have it over with and, and done and, and just know where he's going. So I, I think this is a, it's a really interesting race though, because Florida, uh, Texas A&M jumping in late, you know, it makes you, it makes you think he's really considering the possibility of leaving the state, but you've got to keep in mind, his dad's a high school football coach in Texas yep. at his high school, Longview. Mm-hmm. High um, school. High school. Not, not a very long drive from college station. The, the proximity to home, uh, definitely has to, to, to play a part in, in his decision. And I think, you know, you can't help but wonder a high school coach's son, his, his dad's got to be thinking about Friday nights, his, his loyalties are going to be to his team. And he's not going to have a whole lot, a whole lot of time to travel. It'd be a lot harder to fly to Knoxville, say, for a game the next day than it would be to drive over to College Station after a Friday night busy with your team and even, and even maybe a Saturday morning reviewing film with your team. Uh, so there's a lot that might go into that from his family standpoint, but I think a lot of other things point to Tennessee. So this has been really interesting. He really likes Tennessee's coaches. He really likes uh, Jim Chaney and, and Chris Winkie and the opportunity to be developed by those guys. So I think he looks at it and sees a lot of things about both schools that are really intriguing. Duke and Auburn were both in this, but I, I just don't, I think most people would be very surprised if it's either of them. So I think this is down to the Vols and Aggies most likely, and we could have a decision very soon, or he may be so torn that this goes on a little bit longer. And that could be the potentially not so great news, but that that could yeah. that could be good news. We don't we don't really know. And there's yeah. uh, bef- there's another announcement too, coming up, right? Yeah, there is a uh, Blaine. I, I can't. I I I only bring this up because I like the guy's name. Yeah, Blaine Toll, four star athlete from Hazen, Arkansas. He was also on an official visit to Tennessee this name. month. Um, name. How about that? Yeah. Hashtag. Um, it's a sign. <laughs> But uh, but for he, whom the Blaine told. He's no, 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 my son's the, the the freshman second baseman for the Tennessee baseball team. Who's good? And this is not a big Twitter guy, not a big talker in general. But he also put out his finalist in emoji form. So you've got to respect that. He uh, he announced that he was. He just had one quick tweet saying, uh, you know, it's coming at twelve o'clock tomorrow, and uh, that that means Central Time, so one p.m. Eastern on Friday. He'll be announcing, and he had the orange emoji for Tennessee. Uh, and a, a red O emoji, and then like a hands up thing for OU. Uh, and then, wait, so is that not Oklahoma? And then Miami? Is he saying OU with two emojis? No, I think he's. I think he's just saying OU. It, definitely not. So Oklahoma got two emojis. Interesting. Well, he had to. Ha- he had but, to have but the what O-U, does it mean? I guess. But what does it mean? And then the third one was the pig, of course, for Arkansas. And and Oklahoma was the favorite at one point. Uh, Tennessee did have some early momentum in this one back in January. He visited for a junior day in January. Oklahoma was not in the picture at that point. Uh, and and Steve Wiltfong from from twenty four seven Sports put in a crystal ball pick for for Tennessee at one point. They were never the crystal ball leader, but they had that prediction. And, and Steve's pretty plugged in on a lot of recruitment, so I, I think they were very much in this one at one point. But then Oklahoma had the momentum, and now lately it's been Arkansas. And and if I had to guess right now, I I think Arkansas is where he probably ends up. But Tennessee having gotten him on the last visit this 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 past weekend. That that one at least could be worth watching for Tennessee fans right. on Friday, but, but right now I do think Arkansas is probably the favorite. And they uh, Tennessee's recruiting him as an edge guy, right? He's defensively. Yeah. Is, is, is anybody else recruiting him? Is Oklahoma want him on offense? Or I, I think of? it's mostly edge rusher because he's made it clear that he wants to be in, in that kind of position. He prefers defense, I think, which is a little bit odd because you you tend to more often guys that have that option more often than not guys want the ball in their hands just in. And a lot of athletes, especially cases. coming out of high school, yeah. yeah, a lot of players coming out of high school, or you know, they like scoring touchdowns, and they, you hear a lot of guys that want, they, they'd rather play six, running back than linebacker, they'd rather play receiver yeah. than DB, and they'd six, rather play five, two forty four, yeah, that's a pretty. Good and and he told me, yeah, he told me two forty seven on his official visit to Tennessee, if, if that's up, if that's accurate, so that you know, he's a big guy, and interestingly enough, Tennessee not only said, hey, you're an edge rusher now, 
they said you're you're big enough that if you depending on how you develop you could be not only a full-time defensive lineman but maybe even a three technique in some situations so they think he's a guy that's got the frame to get you know quite a bit bigger and maybe be a more you can do more money you can make yeah maybe be a 270 280 kind of guy that could could slide inside or out depending on the situation on the d-line so just a just a really interesting player but but quick enough to be an edge rusher so obviously a good athlete and, and someone tennessee's been on pretty hard for a while now but obviously it looks like the home state school might uh, might have a good chance of winning that battle yeah, and that is we don't know whether Tennessee's going to do going to win, going to lose those couple battles. At least as we're recording this, we we don't know. Um, but what we do know is that in the past week or so, ever since Pat did us all a favor and left the country yeah. for a while, uh, Tennessee went on a bit of a heater. I missed you too, Wes. Well, you know what? Just kidding. I didn't miss you. Dep- at all. Depends on <laughs> depends depends on the day, buddy. If you thought about him once in Jamaica, you're doing it wrong. Just does the Braves keep beating the Cubs? I don't never <laughs> want to see you again. But here is the deal: the past week, guys, Tennessee has gone. We can almost call it a bender, a basically spree. in recruiting. They have commitment it's, spree. It's been a bonanza. Four some, some in-state dominoes yeah, starting to fall. Four four commitments in the past week or so, and that's uh, two from the 21 class, two from the 20 class. I'll just run down the list here real quick. They got the the Mosley kid, I believe, the two thousand Jordan Mosley, twenty one, yep. the one, the only non, uh, the only out of state kid, the, yep. the four star wide receiver from Mobile, from Alabama. Mobile Alabama. Uh, also, the two thousand twenty one player who has been playing at Webb School of Knoxville. However, he decided since Webb School of Knoxville will never be better than Knoxville Catholic at anything, <laughs> he decided to go ahead and move cities. So he's going all the way down to Baylor School in Chattanooga. Elijah Howard, Baylor th- School, definitely better than Knoxville Catholic. Um, not not in football. But in life, oh yeah, there's no question. Yeah. It's an awesome school. Oh yeah, oh man, it's, it's a great school. Oh yeah, even 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 back in the day when I played ball and we beat them in sports, like yeah, they'll probably still be our bosses one day. Uh, so yeah, that's a great school. And uh, the 2021 speedster is uh, has committed to Tennessee. That kid can fly, by the way. I feel like he's been around for like ever. Yeah, and he's still just gonna be a junior this year. Yeah. I know. I, I was I thought he was a 2020 guy. We've initially. been we've been hearing about him for a long time because he's he's the kid. If you were, if you follow recruiting, Came you probably remember his name. Grader, yeah, he got an offer from Tennessee going into eighth grade he was uh coming out of seventh grade ran supposedly ran somewhere in the 4-4 range at, at tennessee's camp that year he claims to have run in the four threes at times but you do have to mention the last camp he was at now he's coming off a broken leg last yes, season coming off a broken but leg the, but the last camp he was at was the opening regional in murfreesboro last month and he scratched his 40 time or didn't run one there so we don't know there's no verified time from that a lot of times kids scratch them because they're not happy with their time so he might not have run quite what he expected coming off that injury. Told me he thinks he's basically 100% now off that leg. Yeah, yeah. So. Or as he kept calling it a fractured fibula, and I kept having him say it because I cracked up every time he said fibula. It made me laugh every time. That's, it, that's easier to say fibula than fibula. I yeah. agree. So, uh, so, yeah, he's definitely speed is his calling card. Tennessee recruiting him as a defensive back right now, but uh, still, still a couple options on the table for him. Yeah, it's been Nick, the, the nickel slot the, or the yeah. star position. Mm-hmm. They also like him in the return game, I think. So, and, and then yeah, I mean he's played on offense in high school, so slot receiver or running back could be an option too. But and he still will play mostly offense this year at Baylor. Yeah, he's been in that wing T system at Webb, so I think that was sort of part of the reason for the move. They're wanting to get into an offense that could could use him a little bit more effectively yeah. and 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 get the ball in his hands in a in a way that sort of suits his skill set and could translate to the college game. But uh, but yeah, so he. He's a nice pickup for Tennessee and a guy they've sort of prioritized in state in the 2021 class and uh, that, a, a nice nice way to get the ball rolling on that class, that, which obviously, as you said, Wes, started with Jordan Mosley, a four-star receiver from, from Mobile that they had on campus a, a handful of times already, and, and Tennessee did a good job with him, led by T. Martin, obviously a Mobile native, uh, showing he can go into that state and that area and 
get get a guy when that you know a lot of the best players in Mobile end up at Auburn or Alabama uh, yeah. b- because obviously those are the in-state schools and th- those are areas that Alabama in particular has had a lot of success in, in Mobile in recent years. So that, that's a that's a nice pickup for Tennessee early on, and obviously two years to go in that one. So we'll see if they can hold on to him, but a nice early pickup. Yeah, the uh, and, and here here's what's even better news for Tennessee. The, we're talking about a couple of twenty twenty one guys. The, these here are some some twenty twenty guys, and for people who say all the time, "Hey, you got to do your got to do better in state. It's got to start in state. You got to do all this." It, you know, hey, I, I do agree with some of that, but I also think that this is a, a smaller world than it's ever been. So. I don't know how much all that stuff really, really matters right now, uh, but to the extent that it does, a uh, tremendous week for Tennessee because two of the top three prospects in the state of Tennessee in the 2020 class, I believe. Mm, no, been, Cooper Bain's not quite that high, but who, but still a, a four-star shocker, player. Shocker, Wes overrated a guy who plays for Catholic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Water's now, wet. Hold on, never mind. I saw I was looking. I saw Antonio Johnson's number. That's what, that's what threw me oh, off okay. there next to each other. Um, but, yeah, bottom line is two of the top ten or so prospects in the yeah. state, including one of the very top prospects uh, in the state. I think we can all agree on Keyshawn Lawrence. That kid, the, the safety out of Ensworth School there in Nashville, is a great player. And then Cooper Mays, the brother of, of um, well, obviously, Cade of, Mays. of Cade Mays and the son of Kevin Mays. And, you know, a guy who we all know the story about his brother. If it hadn't been for Butch Jones, he probably would have been in Tennessee. But Butch Jones was Tennessee's coach, so uh, that got the recruiting started off in a poor way, and then it ended up he Pruitt and them didn't have enough time to convince him, so he goes to Georgia and plays a lot, starts a lot as a freshman there. Um, but his younger brother, who is not quite as big as a prospect, mm-hmm. uh, but still a fine prospect in his own right, commits to Tennessee. Uh, between those, between him and Lawrence, that was a heck of a week for Tennessee. Not nice few days, and uh, and, and still a chance. I mean, it's it's the summer; it's become a big time of the year for commitments over the years. Even more important, I think, these days with the the early signing period now being such a uh, a big factor in recruiting. You could certainly see even more movement before the end of the summer. So this is a nice start for Tennessee, but certainly I don't think will be the end. Uh, by the time the you know we get to the end of July, I think some more more dominoes will have fallen. But th- this is a good start. And Cooper Mays, you know that that was one we thought was was leaning Tennessee's way for a long time. I, I know some people on the the checkerboard uh, on, on GoVols twenty four seven dot com were always skeptical of this one just because things things had gone the way they did with his oh, brother. He's, he's waiting for Georgia. Yeah, everyone thought he was waiting for a Georgia play for brother for, his brother for a committable offer from Georgia or whatever. He had Which an offer from people Georgia. People acting like that would have been a crime wanting to go play with your brother. Right. No, I, and I th- I think at the end how of the day, dare, how dare he? How, I, how dare they support their family over <laughs> a school? Well, I think at the end of the day, having a chance to play with his brother at Georgia, if if Georgia had had pushed a little bit harder, I think that would have at least made things a little more complicated. But I think even mm-hmm. in that scenario, Tennessee might have won out. Um, I, I think Tennessee just did a good job recruiting Cooper Mays to be Cooper Mays. They didn't care about his brother. They didn't care about what had happened in the past, you know, from day one. And, and this is the, uh, the interesting thing. Tennessee made him a priority for, for a solid year to year and a half before he committed. I mean, this was not a, you know, a guy Tennessee had to wrestle with whether to take him or anything like that. This is a guy Jeremy Pruitt loves as a player. And you know, he's not six, you know, five, like his brother is. He's not, I mean, he's, he's he's six center build, six, two and a half, 275, 275. And that's, and that's up from where he's been. He was a a couple of years ago. He was 240 pounds playing center uh, or playing guard. Uh, He does play with a nasty streak though. He does. And that's, that's the thing you like. And, and I tell people this all the time. Weight's not a big concern. Barton Simmons pointed this out uh, when we spoke with him about Cooper Mays earlier this week in a story you can read on, on go balls 24 seven, but he, he said weight is really overrated. And when you go back and look at it, especially for tackles, that can be true. That's the guy, the first four draft picks in this year's NFL draft, all three of the four 
I believe I'm quoting this right, three of the four weighed 245 or less mm-hmm. coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how much you can grow and how hard it is to project offensive linemen. I know people like saying, you know, Butch Jones had was crazy to take some lighter offensive linemen, but that history has shown, recent history has shown that can work. And, and Cooper Mays is maybe a, a different example because he's not a tackle build, but being at 275 is not a problem at all. I mean, he and it's he, kind of where you want a guy to be because there's no bad weight on him right now. Even Jeremy Pruitt's thinking on this has changed over the years yeah. because he used to be a fan of taking guys who were a little bit closer to the weight they were going to be playing at in college. I think, I think he is for the most part. I, I still think he is, but I think he's become a little more open-minded to sort of how quickly they can change bodies in the strength and conditioning program and how – you know, it's okay to to take a guy that maybe needs a year or so to develop. And well, and if you have time to let if, players develop yes, too, you yes. can you can afford to take those guys and let them take a year or two and and get ready physically. And so, whatever he ends up being at, the the bottom line is you don't need centers to be three hundred twenty five pounds. You usually don't want them to be three twenty five. You want them not be, unless they're six five or six. Yeah, six. you want them to be pretty mobile, and and you want them to be able to. Uh, to, to be athletic enough to pull in some cases. Uh, in, in a tackle, uh, you can make the case that, that length yeah. uh, is, is more important than maybe weight because you want guys with long arms. Exactly. <clears throat> like both the guys they <clears throat> signed in this past class. I know people have looked at Marcus Tatum as sort of like a project that, that Butch Jones, you know, took and maybe shouldn't have. But he didn't get to red shirt, you know, and look at him now. He's in year he also, four in the program. He's looking pretty good physically. So he probably would have looked like he does now earlier had they had an actual like strength and conditioning program that yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So so earlier optional. so earlier in Cooper May's recruitment, there were people that looked at him and said, Okay, I know he's not his brother and that's that's fine, but he's two hundred and forty pounds or two fifty, you know. Is he gonna be big enough to be an SEC offensive lineman? And I said, Yeah, I'm not worried about that. But that was that. when he was a sophomore in a junior yeah. high school. I mean, if you're taking guys that are two forty and two fifty seniors, you know, you, you better have a really good strength and conditioning right. program and that's that's where some of these guys that, that And Tennessee you better be sure took, they have the frame to put on. Yeah, that and that's more. where you know, some of these guys, some of these lighter guys that Tennessee took under the previous staff, they didn't you know, they they're not they didn't suffer because they were smallish coming out of high school. They suffered because they, they weren't developed yep. physically the right the way, the way they should have and the way they have been uh, the past year since the coaching change. And the, and the trajectory that Mays is on from you know 240 a couple of years ago, 250 or 255 this past season, now already 275 this offseason. He's put on a lot of weight this offseason. Uh, I, I don't think it's hard at all to project him as a 300-pound center being pretty athletic at that size I, in a couple of years. And I think it's a little bit – it's disingenuous to ever say that someone's recruitment – played out like their brothers would have or that that brothers are identical just because they're brothers brothers usually share some similar traits but but they're not always the same person but but i do think i do think that what you saw also with cooper may's recruitment is what would have happened with Cade if tennessee's current staff had been there the whole time and had more time to deal with him because well, I, I think they would have I think they would have gotten I think they would have gone two for two there with enough time. Well, let's just say I mean first of all let's point out he hasn't signed yet and Cade was a Tennessee commitment too so I mean I don't True. think I don't think anything's going to change with Cooper he's he he plans to be done and, and move on but I do think you know Cooper has has mentioned all along you know I've I've talked to them about this over the past eighteen months since his brother made his decision you know. How, Everybody wondered how much what happened with his brother was going to affect his own decision. Would it sour him on Tennessee and all that? And I think it could have if Jeremy Pruitt's staff hadn't approached things the way it did, which which was or if he ever read internet.com. Oh, I think he does, and he's well aware. I mean, he knows he, he certainly knows fans are are not uh, you know, we're we're doubting what that he would go to Tennessee, have doubted him as a player, have said, you know, we don't need him, things like that. He's he's well aware of that, but he he wasn't worried about that because of the way Tennessee recruited him and the staff did a great job of making him a priority. Shows maturity for a kid, though. It does, and and Cooper made it clear to me from day one. He's like, "Hey, 
I'm not my brother. And, and at the time he told me that, I'm like, oh, I, I know you aren't, but he... You know, yeah, I can I can look at the weight and size and see you're not. I mean, just just personality wise, they're I'm kidding. yeah, but I'm they're kidding. very different kids. And 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 Cooper's had a had a maturity about him that you could tell if he handled his recruitment the way the way you would think he would. You know, it I, I didn't see him ha- having a change of heart like that. And I think if but if there's anything he did learn from his brother's recruitment, and I made this point when people were kind of wondering, you know, what's taken so long? Why hasn't he committed if he wants to go to Tennessee? You know, that's why the theory started to bounce around oh he's just waiting for georgia to be willing to take him or whatever um i I think he was just taking his time and that that i think was probably a result of what happened as brother's recruitment he saw his brother commit going into i believe his sophomore year of high school i mean he was committed for two and a half years i think to tennessee uh before decommitting so the fact that he made an early decision and then changed his mind if anything i think maybe wait maybe convince cooper to wait and say i need to make sure even if i'm thinking tennessee in march i need to wait a few more months, see if anybody else offers, make sure I'm still thinking this way in the summer before I make a decision. And I think, I think he took his time knowing that he didn't want to go down the road. His brother did make, you know, changing his mind in the fall before his, uh, before he graduated and yeah. all that stuff that he, uh, that he saw his brother go through. I think he wanted to be sure about his decision. And I think he views this as a done deal and, and he's going to help, help build Tennessee's class now as the first, you know, major in-state commitment, uh, in the class. And as, as, uh, some rude people on this podcast. I'm looking to my right here. Have uh, have have uh, joked about before uh, rudely and, and ignorantly. Uh, they they doubt the the power of the Knox Catholic men. And I'm telling you right now, this kid, Knox Catholic, he's going to be good. He's just a good football player. The thing about Jeremy Pruitt, the he's way, an Irishman. Come on. Well, the way the way that uh, this staff has recruited him, Jeremy Pruitt's told him. I mean, t- he knows Tennessee's coaches. Most of them see him being a center. In college, you know, Jim Cheney wants him there. Will Friend likes him there, but J- Jeremy Pruitt straight up told him earlier this year. He said, "I'll let you play on the defensive line if you want to. I think you're, I think you're good on play on the defensive line. I don't, I don't care where you play. We'll, we'll play you wherever you want to play. That's how much we." And like his you. defensive line film is surprisingly, He's, it's a lot better than. I mean, you expect a guy who's a you know a top three hundred ish player nationally to yeah. be able to play on either side of the ball and be good. Like that's hardly a shocker. Um, but I still was a little bit surprised watching his film on D-line, thinking, like, that's better than I thought He's he was there. pretty disruptive, pretty athletic, and, and shows that he at least has the potential to do that if you needed him to. Now, I still think his highest upside is on the offensive line, and that's why I think he'll end up at center. But, yeah, if you wanted to go down that road, if you ended up short on the defensive line this class, and you said, hey, let's start you out on the D-line and see how it goes, you, you, you have that option at least with him. Um, and Jeremy Pruitt's you know, talked with him about that because he just says – you're a good football player. We want you, and I, I don't really care where you play. So that, that I think, speaks volumes to what Jeremy Pruitt thinks about him and just the, you know, Barton Simmons said he's just a, he's just a nasty lineman. He's always looking for work is how Barton said it. You know, he's when he finishes the block. Hard to, win, hard to win without nasty lineman. Yeah, and if, if, he, if he's finished with the block and the play's still going, he's running downfield looking for somebody else to block. You know, that's what you want to see in a lineman, and he definitely fits that description, a guy who uh, – you know, I'm not. He's not not a cheap shot artist by any means or anything, but he finishes blocks and he has the he has the ability to 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 be a pretty physical lineman. And and I think uh, as he continues to grow, can can be even more dominant. And, and obviously, Keyshawn Lawrence, we gotta gotta mention him. Is a, he's currently 24 seven sports number one player in the state. I'm a big fan of him. You, I remember. Be. I remember we talked to him. Uh, Ryan, great you looking I, athlete. Ryan, you and I swung by Innsworth last summer on our little mm-hmm. on our little tour, and I remember the first time I saw him. My first reaction was like, he looks like a guy that Jeremy Pruitt would recruit to play defensive back. Mm-hmm. 
long arms, tall. Was he about six one? About six two, really. Six but one, he six measured two. in at six yeah. one at the at the opening regional. But he he, he kind of just carried himself with a lot of confidence. Just kind of yeah. He just kind of looks like a really good defensive back who probably will, could play in the NFL one day. Yeah, he caught was, as a junior. He caught some flack from some Miami fans this week for the way he announced. First of all, th- this one got a little hairy for Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee was in good shape with this one. Felt like it was it was going to get him going into his official visit to Miami this past weekend. He came off that visit and. You know, Miami was getting the vibe that it had a real shot. I think he was really torn uh, when he when he came back they had home. The, the Corn Elder connection, right? yeah. They Corn Elder is his cousin uh, that played at Miami and is now in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. So he 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 had some. There were some things that drew him to Miami, and he, he got to go there on an unofficial visit uh, in early March when he was down there for a seven on seven tournament, uh, and then decided to go back on the official. Miami apparently had him as the number one corner on their board uh, at this point, uh, just based on their remaining targets. They already had a handful of commitments. But he was their number one cornerback target left, and they they made him a big priority. And and Tennessee wins out. And it, but the surprising thing, you know, he had planned to announce on July fourth. Uh, that was his initial plan. He had made this video before, I think, and then you know got back from a, from the Miami visit, discussed it with his parents. And even though Miami made it really interesting, he just decides to go ahead and announce on on Monday of this week. So uh, sooner than expected, but definitely a big deal for Tennessee to get him into to hold off Miami. He admitted distance was a factor. Uh, I like the. The refreshing honesty there. Not not every kid will admit, you know, when it comes down to sort of one thing like that. I think he saw a lot of things about both schools he likes. Uh, he he was open at admitting, you know, he really liked Terry Fair, Tennessee's former cornerbacks coach. They had a good relationship, even though Terry Fair didn't get a lot of credit for the work he did in recruiting. Keyshawn Lawrence is a guy he'd made a really big impression on, and so after he left, there were some. You know, he wanted to kind of get to know Derek Ainsley better. Yeah. He he did over the past few months, and I think that relationship is good now, and 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 getting even better with each each passing week, and and they've done a great job of recruiting him. But at the end of the day, he said, you know, he admitted if Miami was closer to home, this would have been even tougher. Um, but I think the chance to be, you know, he mentioned that his mom has breast cancer, yeah. um, and his, his dad is his is his best friend, as he said. He doesn't want to be far from them, so I think the idea of staying close to home is a big deal. He's also a close friend of Tyler Barron, who was at Innsworth before, now is at Knoxville Catholic. Four-star guy that Tennessee is making a big priority in-state also. Tennessee's the favorite for him, I think. So all a lot of things that I think lead him another, to Tennessee. Another Irishman. Yeah, I think a lot of things that lead him to, to Tennessee being a comfortable fit. You know, relationships. He knows players on the current team also. And and proximity to home. I think at the end of the day, those won out. And, and Tennessee staff obviously made him a huge priority too. And he sees, he sees the... the this program going in the right direction. He thinks it's just a few pieces away from having the talent it needs to compete. And, and he's, he's bought into the idea of being one of those big in-state pieces that can, can help build this class and, and, and get things turned around. So, uh, you know, again, I, I've said all along, Butch Jones did a good job of this early on. Jeremy Pruitt's starting to get some momentum in this way. Now you've got to get Tennessee back to where it needs to be because you know, what's because, because of what Ohio State's doing to the North, what Clemson's doing to the East and Southeast, what Georgia and Alabama are doing to the South, you've got to win in-state battles, and and Tennessee's showing signs it can do that. On the now. ones you really want, on the yeah. ones you really want, you've got to win these in-state battles. And and Keyshawn Lawrence and Cooper Mays, those are a couple that that Tennessee needed to win in this class, and and to get those guys in the boat in June is a is a nice step in the right direction. And and obviously Keyshawn Lawrence, the headliner, but but Cooper Mays too. They're just two guys they wanted, and and to get those in-state is really important. Yeah, you go down the our. Our, the 24-7 sports rankings in the state, Lawrence, Reggie Grimes, Jay Hardy's a guy they've made it a priority. Uh, Mari Thomas is a guy they've made a priority. Big priority, yep. Tyler Barron. Um, they've tried a little bit with Darren Turner, the receiver out of Memphis. Yeah, I don't, don't see much happening there right now. He was committed to LSU. Chris Morris is seventh. He's a mm-hmm. guy that they've made a huge priority on the offensive line. Yep. 
um, and, and even down um, Trayvon Ripka is another guy that they've – did I say that right, Ron? Yes, you did. Um, he's another guy that they have made um, a, a priority and, and as a guy they want. And, you know, we'll have to see what happens with Reggie Grimes. There's some yeah. – different you know he's an alabama legacy so there's that there there's alabama some, legacy but an interesting evaluation because yeah, he's he, so people wonder what position maybe he's is he, he yeah he's play kinda. I, I think he's an edge rusher i mean I, I don't i don't see him being you know better anywhere than that but he's so interesting because his his high school production has not been to this point what you would want and part of that's been though that he's not been able to focus on one position he's moving to ravenwood this year his dad's going to be an assistant coach there. They're still battling for eligibility kind of because of his dad's situation, but he'll be cleared to play it in one way or another, I think. And, and this year I'll be really interested in seeing if he focuses in on being an edge rusher more, if he can sort of take the next step and start being more productive. But he's so fast off the edge that there's a lot to like there. He's just a guy who needs to develop a little bit more. So high ceiling, and that's why he's ranked where he is. But some people still have sort of divided opinions on him, and that's why – I think you keep an eye on him if you're a Tennessee fan because the way Alabama recruits, even though he's an Alabama legacy, who knows if there's a spot for him in their class at the yeah. end of the day. So um, South yeah, Carolina, they, they don't get sentimental there very often. Yeah, that, I mean they like him and they like that he's an Alabama legacy because it gives them a chance, but they're not going to take an Alabama legacy just because, because he's an Alabama yeah. legacy. They're going to take a guy that that they think can can play and make a difference for them, and and also they're they're in on a bunch of edge rushers in this class. They're they're loading up at that position, and and he's. He announced this week, Reggie Grimes announced this week that he's announcing his decision on November 2nd. Um, first of all, thanks for the four months heads up on that. We've got a long Very way specific. to... Yeah, long way to count down to that. Isn't um, that a Saturday? That, uh... I believe it is, because I think Tennessee plays a game that day. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, it, we already know he's taking his, his Tennessee official visit this fall sometime. He's going to take one to Alabama for the, the weekend uh, that his dad's 99 SEC championship team is being honored out at Alabama for the 20th anniversary of that team. So there's, there's already a couple of visits set, so he's got a long way to go in that one. And, and obviously, the, the longer you wait, the more Alabama's class might fill up. You know, there, there are lots of variables in this one. South Carolina is also a sleeper in this one. A lot of people have been, I think, assuming Tennessee might be number two on his list, but South Carolina is very much in that one too. So it's, it's going to be an interesting recruitment, but yeah, that's another one in the state to watch. So, so you, you, you talked about the importance of sort of you know, the in-state. And, and when this, in, in this particular class, when there's a lot of good players that, that Tennessee clearly wants – um, you have a chance to really build sort of the core of your class, maybe the foundation yep. of your class around some of these guys that you've have uh, have made a priority for a long time. Yeah, and that's that's what they need to do and and want to do, obviously. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how many of these other ones they get, but certainly you got to think they're in good shape with Tyler Bear, and they've been the crystal ball favorite for a while for for him with uh, all the predictions currently going to Tennessee, and including one for me. You know, I think he's one that could decide this summer. And then you've got guys like Chris Morris that they hosted on an official visit this past weekend, uh, his first and and likely only summer official visit. So so that's that's a good sign for Tennessee, but still a battle with Texas A and M and some others heavily involved there. And then you got some other other in state guys that they're battling for. You know, Bryson Easton's another one we mentioned uh, didn't mention, but he's from, I got I got to throw T Hodge in there for, for yeah T Hodge Shout local out to Maryville. Yeah, he's he's one to definitely watch. He's been to Tennessee twice this month and and was back for the the cookout on on the twenty first. So someone Tennessee definitely wants locally, uh, and I think is has been, become more of a priority in recent months. So that is uh, you know again several names in state to keep an eye on. So they. You know the core of this class, I think, is going to come from in state if they if things go the way they want, and they, especially on the defensive line, you don't always have great defensive linemen in state. They've got a chance to really uh, 
kind of shape the future of their defensive line with guys like Jay Hardy, Trayvon Ribka, Tyler Barron as an edge rusher or DN. You've got some big pieces there they need to get on the defensive line in state. Ryan, any other big recruiting news that uh, or tidbits that need to be mentioned uh, before we step out of yeah, here? Yeah, well, we'll we kind of touched on this earlier, but the Elite Eleven finals and the opening finals start this weekend. They're they're sort of held you know back to back or in conjunction with one another down at the the Star that uh, they call it the Dallas Cowboys facility in yeah. Frisco, Texas. Uh, it's not on. I don't think it's on TV anymore the way it used to be, but it's it's still uh, or portions of it used to be televised, but it's still a big deal and. Uh, something we'll be watching closely and obviously have plenty of coverage uh, from this on Go Vols 24-7. But Tennessee's got Harrison Bailey that will be there, mm-hmm. uh, the, the four-star quarterback commitment. Also, Keyshawn Lawrence will be there, the four-star defensive back commitment. And then some uh, – and, and Cooper Mays as well. The, the uh, So a few guys there that will have the chance to at least do some recruiting for Tennessee. And then obviously a bunch of targets there as always, including Haynes King, who may be a, either a Tennessee or Texas A&M commitment by the time – he goes there. You got the Elite 11 finals starting on Friday, and those run through Sunday. And then that sort of leads into the beginning of the opening finals that I believe starts officially on Sunday and runs through uh, the middle of next week. So, a lot to keep track of there, and, and, and some rankings updates that will happen in the coming weeks as a result of that. And so, lot, lots to keep track of there. And, and obviously, see if Harrison Bailey and some of those Tennessee commitments down there can start to, to sway some of the big-time players down there. Uh, obviously, those guys get recruited by everybody, but you always want to have some representatives at an event like that just to, yeah. to have your name being being bounced around by some com- some commitments. And in that sense, Keyshawn Lawrence, Cooper Mays, those are big additions for that too because now you've got three Tennessee commitments going around and able to talk to those guys and, and see if they can make a difference. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, a lot of recruiting chatter this week. So for those of you who want a little more recruiting talk on this podcast, well, they just got pretty much almost an entire episode full of it. So you're welcome, Internet. You're welcome. As always, you can follow all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Again, with no 24-7 because he's not a team player. You can also go to twitter.com slash govoss 24-7 if you want just the facts. You don't want any me talking Cubs and Arsenal. Ryan talking Cardinals. Pat talking the Grizzle. And John ja Morant, all John ja Morant, everything. Uh, and Grant Ramey doing the ridiculous things that he does when he's on the internet. You know, if you, if you don't want that stuff, you just want Tennessee news, you can go to twitter.com slash goballs247. You can also go to facebook.com slash goballs247. Always tons of good stuff there on that site. Thanks mostly to Grant and Pat, who do a great job on that site. You can also, uh, if you want to go straight to the hose, you just want directly, you're just like, feed me all the information. I want this podcast but 24 hours a day. Go to GoBalls247.com. Right now you can get 30% off annual stuff. We got a lot of good stuff going on there. We had a pretty big sale a couple weeks ago. Uh, we'll probably have another one here before too long, but uh, bottom line is 30% off an annual is still a really good deal. And for cheaper than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. Really think about that. Less than one mediocre lunch gets you an entire month of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, uh, women's basketball, women's basketball recruiting, softball, pretty much everything. Everything, if Tennessee gets a, a, you know, gets like some sort of a quarter flipping team, ping pong team, we'll probably be covering that too. All of it. GoVols247.com. Pat, any final thoughts? Nope. <laughs>